And, uh, you know, um, I, I don't know about you, I'm not really into football very much. Uh, I, I don't really have time for football. It doesn't come into my psyche. Um, Rangers, Celtic, who cares? Uh, Hearts, Hibs, sorry, who cares? Who cares? Um, I'm quite interested if Falthouse does well or if Whitburn Juniors does well. Um, but I'm not really into that. Uh, but I love watching the athletics. And as I was thinking about today, I thought about what it means uh, to run the race of faith. And uh, I came across this picture. It's from the Olympics in Rio. And uh, as I looked at this picture, um, I saw that this cameraman caught an instant, a snapshot in time. And in that picture, I looked at that online and I thought, I can see who the winner of this race is just by that picture. Okay, if you look at the man second from the left, I'll zoom in on his face, look at his face. He is intent on winning this race. His name is Ashton Easton from America. And he was the winner of the uh, decathlon gold at Rio 2016. And uh, here he is doing the pole vault. Okay, you can't read what's up on the screen probably. It said in an article, having missed on his first two attempts at the 4.9 meters in the pole vault, Ashton Eaton was aware of what stood in the balance should he fail to succeed in his third try at that height. And this is what he said. That was the moment I thought, all right, your whole life has been about this. He said, get ready. What are you going to do? And it was that sentence that grabbed my attention. What are you going to do? You know, I, I, I talk to people about the fact that I'm a Christian. And, you know, I, I tell people that I'm a minister and all these kind of things. And... I think sometimes people think that it's just something that you do on a Sunday. And I say to people, for me, Christianity is my life. A relationship with Jesus is my life. This is who I am. You take that out of my life, and I, I don't know what else is left, if I'm being totally honest. All of my life has been about Christianity. It's been about seeking after God. And I, I don't think, for me, there is a plan B. Um, this guy, he actually made his jump on the third occasion. He won the decathlon gold because all of his life he had been training for this and he was pursuing it with everything. Four years in training just to make that moment where he goes over the bar, where he wins the race. And there's a little verse which I wanted to share from the Bible. I've got a few verses I'll share. I will not be long. And it says in Philippians 3, 13 to 14, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This was written by a man called Paul. He was an apostle. He was one of those men who had spent time with Jesus. And he was suggesting that the Christian life is like a race. And I think it speaks uh, into the life of our church at this time. Perhaps it speaks into the lives of individuals in this room today. We tend to let our past define us. We tend to let our past define our future. But Paul encourages us to forget what is behind. Probably not literally. I don't know. Well, maybe literally I could forget all the things I've done even last week uh, these days. He's not asking us to forget our past, but what he's saying is stop allowing the past 
to define who you are. You know, if you have a good history, don't let it stop you from having a great future. If you've had a difficult history, a bad history, then you need to understand that God can and does make everything new, and He can give you a fresh start. Let's look at some more pictures uh, from the Rio Olympics. And I've got a verse from the Bible that goes along with these pictures. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 7, uh, 24 to 27 says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? It's not like sports day sometimes these days where everybody's a winner. You know, what's that all about? What's that teaching our boys and girls these days? Let's learn to compete and win. I don't know about you. If I'm competing in something, I want to win. Even if it's treasure kids on a Wednesday night and we're playing cross the Golden River. I want to beat the kids. I don't care if they lose, okay? That's why I broke, uh, uh, tore my calf, is because I'm so competitive. I want to win. And in the Christian life, I want to win as well. Not that I want to win over you. I want us all to win. Let me just clarify that. So when it comes to the Christian life, I want us all to win. But the Bible says run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They uh, They do it to get the crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. You know, the Bible talks about a crown of life. The Bible talks about a crown crown of glory. The Bible talks about a crown of righteousness. Life, glory, being changed as a person and being made right before God. That's what Jesus has come to give us. And I don't think the reward is something that only waits for us in heaven. We can have these things now. I experience that in my life now. Life being changed from glory to glory. Having Jesus' righteousness that I stand in. I am so glad that I stand in His righteousness because when God looks at me, He sees that righteousness. I don't have things in my life that are worthwhile speaking about in that sense. My righteousness isn't that great, okay? And there are some people in the room today who could testify to that, my family. But Jesus wants to accomplish these things in our lives today. What is the verse going to say? Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. The man in that picture, does he look like he's running aimlessly? He definitely does not. That guy is intent on winning that race, whatever the cost. Can you imagine an athlete getting into the the stadium And instead of sticking to the track, he just runs all over the park and up into the stands and round about and has a wee stops for a sandwich. What what kind of athlete would that be? He would certainly make the headlines, but he would not be somebody who's going to win the race, running aimlessly. And I just wonder sometimes in our lives, are we just going aimlessly through life? No goals, no aims, nothing that we're trying to achieve, whether spiritually or otherwise. And we can find ourselves doing that, wandering aimlessly through life. Sometimes we can find ourselves going through life so busy that we don't have time to stop and think about where we're going in our direction. Perhaps even as a Christian today, you're thinking, well, what is my purpose? What am I aiming for? What am I going for? And then it goes on to say, I do not fight like a man beating the air. I don't know what your thoughts are in boxing. 
I really don't want to be boxed in the face, okay? I value my brain cells, so I don't want to be a boxer. But Paul uses this analogy because it was a sport that would have been around in his day. But we need to make our punches count. And that's not advocating violence. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. And I think we all have the potential to punch above our weight when we get involved in prayer. When we pray, we begin to punch above our weight. I don't have anything, any authority other than what God has given me. What God puts in my heart comes back out in prayer. And I believe that when I pray, I believe that when you pray, we begin to punch above our weight. And Paul goes on to say this. He says, um, this is a picture of a man in training. Um, I don't know how well you can make it out, but if I had a physique like that, I would be quite happy. Okay? I'm not even talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger now, who influenced me in my youth. I'm not even talking about him. I'm just talking about this guy here. I mean, a physique like that would be awesome. Um, But I don't have a physique like that because I don't train my body in this way. Paul says, he says that he beats his body to make it a slave so that after he has preached to others, he himself will not be disqualified for the prize. Athletes work hard between their competitions. It's not all about what happens on the track day, although that is important. But if you think about how an athlete lives his life, diet, oh, there's a bad word, eh? Exercise. Have you maybe ever thought about how we should live as Christians? Do you think perhaps that the body that God has given us should be looked after? The Bible says that it's a temple of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and we need to look after our bodies as well. Diet, exercise, sleep, rest and recovery, mental as well as physical endurance, all these develop the athlete. But there's something deep inside some athletes that drives them and propels them forward to win. One of my favorite Formula One drivers uh, over the years has been Michael Schumacher. Um, I don't know if you liked Formula One. Michael Schumacher, the German driver, uh, who was quite unpopular with other drivers. But when you look at the way he drives, he is so aggressive. He drives to win that race. He is so focused on winning. And perhaps some of us need to capture that kind of drive in our Christian lives as well. That drive that is going to have us go over the finish line. And when we stand before God, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. We need to think about what we're seeing as well. And, you know, I I, I came back to this verse again. It's in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, the old-fashioned version, the King James, uh, says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. One of the most modern translations is the message, and it puts it this way, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. When we learn to focus on God, we see what God sees. I don't know about you, but I want to see what God is doing in this world. And I want to be part of what he's doing in this world. We learn to focus on God by being disciplined. Not to be continually looking at ourselves and our own needs and our own family's needs, although we need to look at those things. But to then begin to say, what? 
is happening in the lives of other people? What's happening in my community? What's happening in my school? What's happening in my uni or college or workplace? And how can I bring the kingdom of God into those situations? Almost finished. And as I was thinking about this, I thought about what it means for an athlete not quitting. And I want to just pause for a moment on this thought because I feel that this is for some people in particular. You know, we all make mistakes in life. Every one of us makes mistakes. In our Christian lives, we make mistakes. And mistakes have consequences, don't they? But the point is, when we make a mistake, we need to get ourselves back up again. It's not so much about falling, it's about how we get back up. And then it's what we do after that. Let me put up another picture uh, on the screen uh, of a couple of athletes who were in the Rio uh, 2016 games. And uh, there was an an incident in this race and one of the athletes fell over and I'm going to show you actually a little uh, video about that. You know, Psalm 37 verse 23 to 24 says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Some people need to hear today that God delights in every detail of your lives. Your life my life. God delights in every detail. That's what the Bible says. And though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. I don't know about you, but that encourages me, because sometimes in my Christian life I slip up, but Jesus is there to pick me up. And I'm going to show you a video that hopefully illustrates what I'm talking about here. And uh, I, I find this video very moving. We'll just kind of touch on this just in a wee minute. Just watch the video. So we're just about all set for the second heat in the women's 5,000 metres. All eyes will be on Almaz Ayana, a new world record holder over 10,000 metres. Nikki Hamlin there, she's had a Commonwealth medal over the years. D'Agostino of the USA giving the camera a little wave. Two heats, five fastest loser spot. Ayana is now leaving the back straight and the rest of the pack has just entered the back straight. Oops, there's a fall on the back of the field here. There's a couple of runners down. And the other athlete who's fallen has decided to stop back there with her. And she is in a lot of trouble, D'Agostino. It's D'Agostino and Nikki Hamlin. Hamlin stumbles on the inside line and then a really nasty fall and an ankle problem there for D'Agostino. The American was initially showing more concern and then realised how much pain she was in. D'Agostino is going to finish this race. It's going to be a very, very painful mile for the American. Brave, brave performance to carry on. D'Agostino is being passed now by Almaz Ayana. 
emotional finish to her race, which will come way after the top five qualifiers. Abby D'Agostino, tears of frustration, and maybe hopefully one day she will look back on this as a moment of great pride, embraced by the woman whose aspirations also came to an end. The ankle clearly hurting. As she decided to finish the race, and that is the very embodiment of the Olympic spirit, alive and well here in Rio in 2016. I said earlier that uh, we're not in competition with each other. Um, I don't know about you, but see when I fall and somebody comes and picks me up and gets alongside me, that is just so meaningful um, and so helpful. And, you know, the, the reality is that we all make mistakes. We all fall. We all have times in our lives where we think we're never going to get back up. And uh, I, I get really inspired by people who persevere through difficulties and who finish the race that they're in. You know, I, I found it very moving watching this, this video to see how somebody can take the time to help another person up, but also to see how somebody can have the determination, even though they're not going to win, to cross that finishing line. And what it said to me is that each of us in our walk with God have the ability to help somebody else to cross that line. There'll come a day... There'll come a day where this body that I'm talking about today and training it and looking after it and all these things, no matter how hard we do that, there will come a day where the body will say, enough's enough. But our soul will live on in God's presence. For those who have given their lives to Jesus, our souls will live on in his presence. You know, C.S. Lewis once said that if you want a religion to make you feel comfortable... I certainly don't recommend Christianity. You know, sometimes, sometimes Christianity is tough. Sometimes having a faith and going against the grain is tough. I don't know about you, but there are times when I find it tough. And there are times when I want to give up. But I believe the Bible tells us to keep going. Winston Churchill said this, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. The courage to continue. And my prayer for each one of us is that we have the courage to continue in our race, even if it is our darkest hour. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and I'll quote it again. Don't let's, I'm going to quote it from the message this time. Let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we do not give up. In his darkest hour, in his darkest hour, Jesus experienced things that we can only imagine, most of us. In his darkest hour, his disciples were falling asleep on him. In his darkest hour, they deserted him. And his darkest hour, they denied him. And he would undergo terrible, terrible treatment at the hands of other human beings. Things that still happen in our world today. 
things that we wonder, how could somebody else ever treat someone like that? He even went to a cross and he died on a cross that our sins might be forgiven. That when God looks at us, he can see the righteousness of Jesus in us. He doesn't see our sin because our sin has been forgiven if we come and confess it and we turn around. Jesus' darkest hour was to be his finest hour. His darkest hour was the climax of history, past, present, and future. In his darkest hour, he defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he achieved for us life and life everlasting. This eternal life is what God offers us. I think it begins today. You know, some people might have never uh, thought about these things before in here today. Maybe you're a Christian and you're down and you feel like, you know, you need somebody to come along and pull you up and give you a hand back up again and to encourage you to finish the race, then God wants to come and do that today. If you're not a Christian, if you've never made that decision today, if you've never given your life to Jesus, then he wants to come and be part of your life today to give you something that is going to allow you to be a finisher, to give you something that is going to be life and life forevermore. I wonder if we could just pray just before uh, we finish off. Let's just bow our heads, close our eyes, and we're going to pray just for a little second. Father, we thank you for uh, today. We thank you for our boys and girls. We thank you for all the excitement that they have, the energy that they have. And Father, we ask today that you would help us if we are down, Father, to just respond to that invitation that you give us to rise up again, Father, to stand up on our feet and to finish the race that you have called us to. Father, for those who are discouraged today, Father, for those who are ready to give up, Father, I pray today that you would come by your Spirit and that you would help them back onto their feet again. Father, help us as brothers and sisters to encourage each other. Father, as we run a race together, when somebody stumbles, Lord, we pray that it would be those who would come along and take us by the hand and cause us to get back on our feet once again. Father, we pray for your grace. Father, we know that sometimes when we fall, there's consequences, and Lord, we pray that you'd help us to work through that. And Father, today I just pray uh, that you would help us just to follow you with all of our hearts, that we might be uh, winners, that we might cross that finishing line and finish well. And just uh, today, we've talked a wee bit about Jesus. Um, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, then I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that today uh, by saying a prayer. Um, and I'm going to just ask that we, we, we stand together and that we pray this prayer together. Um, and if you've never prayed this prayer before, then come and have a chat with me at the end. And uh, I just want to pray with you further. So let's stand as we as we draw our service to a close. And we're going to pray this prayer together. Just repeat the prayer after, after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I want to turn from my sins. And I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. I want him to come into my heart 
and to take control of my life. I want to trust Jesus as my Savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. And just as we're standing here and every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you have responded to that, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time today and you've prayed it and you really meant it in your heart, then just pop up your hand and uh, I will see that and we'll come and pray with you and we'll have some things uh, that we want to give you that will help you in your journey uh, to finish that race. I'm not going to prolong this, but just if that's you today, just stick up your hand. It takes a lot of courage to do these things. Father, we pray your blessing over this congregation. Father, we pray your blessing on our barbecues. We go to that. And uh, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to have fun. Father, to enjoy your presence, to enjoy each other's company and to fellowship. And uh, Father, we just pray your blessing over the food. Uh, may it be helpful to our bodies. And Father, we do pray that you'd help us over the rest of the weekend uh, to take time to rest for those of us who need rest. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.